Hey everybody and welcome to episode 93 of the Bonehead Podcast where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Type Ben. How you doing, BT? Hello. Yeah, doing really good. Thank you. Rod, 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 riding on the high of Dungeon Bowl, which <laughs> is fantastic. Drunk which we'll talk on, about the, on the high oh, of not this time. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've dragged on a couple of other regulars today and attendees slash TOs of uh, the Dungeon Bowl event that Ben so mentioned. We are joined by Trips. How you doing? I'm, I'm all good. I am also riding high on the... Uh, epic nature of dungeon bop i uh, love it and we've also got an actual ddb competitor who is probably sailing high after traveling from a distant land to attend the tournament milton how are you doing today i'm doing great thanks ben magical 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 now we are also going to be joined by ian warhanam hanam in a bit um but he's got children to put to sleep or something i don't know what lame excuse that is ian and uh, ian and milton seem to have it all organized but anyway we'll be able to bring ian on and berate him later uh, so ben with this massive round table of wobble and bonehead stars what are we talking about today uh yeah we are going to go around the table and talk about our experiences at dungeon bowl um which you know it's we've got all the different perspectives here because we have some people who played we've got ourselves who kind of ran the thing and i i I think it's going to be a pretty positive experience. So, yeah, fantastic. And we're, all, we're also going to be yeah, we're also going to be talking about usual news and hobby and stuff. That we yeah, do too. fantastic. I tell you what, let's bounce into news so that we can scurry ahead to talk about the real meat of today's episode. Okay, so Blood Bowl news. Now, unless I've missed something, guys, I believe we are in a period of calm for Kickstarters. Uh, I think the Hera's Army one's finished. The cool, like, Greek Amazon team um, has finished. The Drakenhof Vampires from Vortice has finished as well. And everything else looks to be calm right now. So I guess I have the storm when it comes to Blood Bowl Kickstarters. Um and there's yeah, one... I think I think a lot of people are waiting for them to arrive because right? I, I know we had quite a lot over the pandemic, and some of them are currently Ooh. being shipped out. I know that much. Yeah, you mean your crate from Punga? Yeah, still waiting on that one. Yeah, that's that's going to keep you absolutely massively busy. I think. Um, but there was one tiny bit of news from Games Workshop, mi like mixed in. Oh, it wasn't mixed in, was it? They had like three days of preview stuff for other games, and then uh, Rumbelo is going to be coming out this week. So awesome. we've we've seen the Rumbelow miniature. We're very familiar with the rules for Rumbelow now, uh, be on account of it. Um... Oh, I've lost everybody on the screen, which means I must have done something wrong. Uh, anyway, Rumbelow, we've seen the model, and uh, it's coming out. You guys are a fan of the Rumbelow model? Where is it on the screen? All the way down at the bottom, underneath a whole bunch of other games. It's literally just tucked away, isn't it? There we go. Yeah. I really like him. I've got a bowl of Rumbelow with me because I thought it would be thematic. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the brains sheep is is here. Um, that's going to be live on Forge World. Now it said Saturday, but Forge World pre-orders normally go up on the Friday, don't they? 
So I don't know when you uh, yeah, when you be... when you're listening to this podcast, run below will probably be available for order. Um, it's been corrected now. It says he'll be uh, up for pre-order on Friday. Yeah. Ah, perfect. Oh, cool. All right. Is anybody going to be picking this guy up? Uh, personally, no. no. I don't think I have any teams a, that can use him. I have a printed run below. Yes. Trips. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, because we've had the rules, because we've had the rules for a run below for such a long time now, everyone's kind of sourced their own or got a 3D print or gone to... Uh, which is my favourite one, the Grebo one with the sandwich baguette, uh, the the baguette mm-hmm. spear. It's just awesome. Like, there's just a lot of other think alternatives out there. Um, and I feel like because Blood Bowl is actually really supportive of third party like models, I think I don't I don't know if this one's going to be all that exciting a model. It's it's a great sculpt as far as the Forge World stuff goes, but it's just fine, I think. Because there's so many. Yeah, it's it's like I I it kind of just looks like he would be in a position to win a halfling team. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Mm. It doesn't really like. There's no wow yeah. factor. Yeah, it's kind of like Ivar for Norse, right? You know, he's just like a good. Oh, that's. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're telling me that this guy is the halfling Griff. <sighs> Although I mean, that... he actually is. So. <laughs> that might yeah. have been optimistic branding on the part of the Norskans there. Um, I don't know. This I think he's a great star player, but I think because he's so great, everybody wants to run him. Has got him. And I mean, Milton. You say you don't have any old world classic teams, but you got Norse. That's true, actually. Yeah. Uh, One hundred seventy. Would you? Would you? Would though? I take him with Norse? I think the advantage of him is a strength four tackler. You've got Ulfwarrenus. And you've got Berserkers, so if you want a decent like safety in the backfield with tackle, you just use one skill instead of 170k, I guess, if you're thinking of tournament build. You know what? I'm talking absolute nonsense. I've got a human and an Imperial nobility team as well. Take him, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wasn't going to call you out on that one. Uh, but but yeah, this is the thing about these star players. You look at this guy and he's like, right, probably halflings and some stuff like that. But with the new like tag system, like the Age of Sigmar keyword thing, as the star players go into a billion teams, um, there's probably some like combos you wouldn't even think about using him with. Uh you know, like Bimpuro Nobility. Actually, he's probably not a bad safety for Nobility. And he's a pretty useful hard counter for Hackflem. And being able to two-die block tackle him down is really it's not, useful. It's not too expensive either, is he? No, 170 is really achievable. Um, cheaper than the mm-hmm. 210 of Hackflem. But it is funny to think Hackflem used to be 180 and this guy was 10k less. <laughs> for like wow, yeah. three movement less and seven agility less. Um, but he's got tackle. And mighty blow once per game, I think, is his ability. Or frenzy yeah, or something. I think so. Like yeah. The Ram one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something um kind of a little bit average, but ah, what can you do? So yeah, in Blood Bowl News, we've got this dude coming out for pre-order this weekend. Normally when we get a cool Forge World model, we order it and have a look at it. I, I probably am not gonna bother with this one. Um, because well, I've got a 3D printed version of him on my desk right now from Punga in several different scales uh, because it's Punga and I don't trust their 100 percentage. Uh, yeah. Um, so that is it for Blood Bowl releases. Quick question. We've got that little breathing space here, Trips, that kind of happens between previews and things like that. What is the next team that Games Workshop are going to get a release? Uh, so they've been... 
alternating between sort of a team of legend rebuild and a an old team refresh so it feels like it might be a new team time um but i really would like to see them do the tomb kings i think if they did tomb kings they would be very very popular very quickly tomb kings would be very popular yeah you're right um and whether they change the roster or not i don't know so so you think a team of legend next then yeah i think a team of legend next after the success of the of the norse but i suspect they've planned this out many many months before the excitement what about you milton new team or team of legend it's chaos dwarves isn't it um <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not sure never actually happened. i i yeah never gonna happen <laughs> um i i agree with trips i would love tomb kings to come next i i'm quite excited for them to get a team refresh i think they need it um and i'm just like excited to see what they do with the models and i think there will be a a bit of fun like banter around you know the fact that tomb kings had gone from uh actually that's, the, uh, that's age of sigma game and everything and that could be quite a good angle to take and you're right i can kind of see him taking them that way but i mean ben i assume you've got at least one tomb kings team on the way from a kickstarter yeah i do actually yeah yeah <laughs> got that got that one going still so yes that would be good um that would be nice to see because good excuse to run it no, fantastic. Groovy, right. Well, before we wrap up news, just a couple of bits, bits to mention. Um, so first of all, I want to say a massive thank you to all of our Patreons for supporting us and for you guys out there for listening, for liking and subscribing and all of that YouTube stuff. But it actually does really help the show. So thank you very much for that. Uh, just want to say a big thank you to some Patreons this month. Uh, Sean Carey, Derek Austin, Christopher Hassel, Ben Davey, Joel Henry, Andrew, David Seaton, EQNMT, Mario Toxic6, uh, Henning Horgum, David Komen Heidi, Sindri, uh, John Redmond, Oscar Hager, Stephen Knowles, Steve Wolfhard, Nat Jones, Charlie Vanderbom, Jared, Xavier Dunwich, and Dave Dragon. Thank you all very, very much for supporting the show. We appreciate it. It allows us to do cool things like run tournaments and stuff. Um, and I guess we better mention the, the birthday stream that uh, Ben will be hanging out and playing some sevens this weekend. Hell yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. This uh, weekend? No, uh, sorry. No, this Thursday. Later this week. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. just this week. It's just this week. I'm thinking we go live around about eight o'clock, Ben. Sound all right? Yeah, that sounds good. That yeah. sounds good. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. It was going to be a ton of fun. We're just going to hang out, play some sevens, uh, stream it, and just um, basically have a chat with chat and just have a chat and hang out. So it should be really good fun. Chat, so, good chat. Yeah, chat with chat and play some sevens. Uh, there will be cake. Ben, do you like um, chocolate gato? Uh, Black Forest gato? Who doesn't? It's like yeah. the best. Good stuff. Go for it. Good stuff. That is uh, that is my birthday cake of choice. So we can chill out, have some cake, and have a good time. Anyway, we'll uh, take a quick break and be back with Hobby. Okay, so Hobby, games, and bits and pieces. Now, when it comes to playing games... Milton, at least, has been playing some Dungeon Ball games. In fact, we've all been playing some Dungeon Ball games, recording up the uh, the channel. But actual hobby and bits, I did some 3D printing, as you guys would have seen on the channel. Uh, and uh, I'm actually really enjoying working on the Torchlight Goblins. I, they're, just, they're just so much fun. Um, like, Torchlight, they have a, a mini factory. I did a print pitch for them last week. And they've basically just continued their Orc team and provided loads of really cool secret weapons. And 
I'm just super excited. I've never been so excited to run goblins before. And like, it's just so good. Like they've got so much character. The pogo stick is great. There's like eight different chainsaws. Like, to be fair, there's two. The diver is amazing. Like it's just this little dude on a hand glider and it's just such a cool model. Um, so I just, I don't know. This is just the best, I think, 3D printing team that I've got so far because it hits that niche of openness so, so well. Like this is just such a brilliant alternative to 50 pounds worth of Forge World resin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just like this is exactly what we need uh, uh all the positionals are great the bombardier is really funny i think i will still pick up the bomber model uh, i'm going to pick up the goblin stars um from forge world at some point um and uh because yeah to kind of max out i think the style goes well um and then you know it gets tied up and painted alongside the orcs and i just i love i love the style and torchlight have, have spoiled their next month's release which looks to either be like chaos or corn and they've got Ooh, like cool. dude they've got like spartan helmets uh, yeah it, i'm just looking at them now it, yeah looks really 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 swish so hopefully we can grab those nice and early on when he's done and and and, and show them off but yeah so my hobby wise has been printing and printing and printing and printing and then some dungeon bowl tournament prep uh which was pretty pretty sweet milton you've been doing any uh any hobby any games yeah, I mean, so besides the uh, the Dungeon Bowl games, I've <laughs> magnetized like another 60 miniatures. Um, I've built the rest of my Imperial Nobility, which is uh, kind of cool. So I've, I've kind of come up with a, a plan on how I'm going to paint them and everything as well. Oh, uh, you do, do you have the proper do? recipes, don't you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, blue and yellow uh, and quite like oh, bright so blue and close, Milt. It's green and yellow, green, yellow and Agrax. Uh, that's that's how you that's how you paint every team and and get told off on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Are you going like a bright crusaders then, Milton? Isn't yeah, they, they, yeah. I think it was was it was it them? I can't remember. I know Sam Sam brought it up. There's like a Nord Nordland. Oh yeah. The war, Warhammer oh, okay, yeah. Uh, fantasy old world kind of like blue yellow scheme, and I thought like the stripes on the um on the imperial nobility team having that sort of like blue yellow and making them quite bright and kind of going down a very different route to like how i normally paint stuff which is quite like muted and dark um just kind of try and make them pop and um i'll go with like static grass and stuff for their bases so that should be quite fun and um yeah i've got a bit more paint down on my uh, my chaos team that i'm running in the league they got some wicked random upgrades which i was really happy about uh oh cool on their, on their yeah. level ups um going all mutations so um that was good fun and um yeah, I think that's about it for me, really. Um, Blue and yellow is I mean, also the Saints away kit. Oh, is it? Yeah, the, the Southampton football team away kit. And I, uh, that's my that's my soccer trivia for today. Boom. <laughs> Smashed wow. it, Ben. Yeah, I know. You're an expert. Yeah. I'm going to score some soccers. Now, it's because I was looking at I was looking because, you know, we've got a tournament coming up later in the year at uh in southampton so i was like oh we need to tie this into southampton i'm thinking what's great about southampton and i'm thinking 
that's everything that's <laughs> great about yeah. Southampton. Um, <laughs> but I was like, it's sporting. What's the team? Let's go red and white. And I looked, I was like, are they still red and white? I haven't really followed Southampton since I was maybe seven. Uh, and that was only because I got laughed at because I liked the QPR uh, kit at the time. And Ian was like, what are you supporting QPR for? So I was like, okay, well, consider me brainwashed into supporting my hometown. And I was like, yeah. That's their kit. So I've I've studied up on their kits to get the uh, the theme for our, our October tournament. But no, Milton, I'm loving that. I'm loving the idea of a bright coloured team. But I think my favourite thing there is the random skills on the Chaos team. Oh uh, yeah, no, they're really good fun. So I think what did I get? Uh, I've got Big Hand. Um, oh, I can't even can't even remember what they got given now. Uh, you had some pretty good ones. Did you get did. like a dude with yeah. two heads and and extra arms as well? Uh, yes. There's a two heads and. Oh, not my pot of sand over. What a failure. Um, God, I'm like testing my memory now. It's truth. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I've got one with big hand, one with uh, prehensile tail. That was it. One with two heads. I think it was one with extra arm. Prehensile tail is pretty good. Yeah, not bad all round. Mm. Like, it's kind of got one of everything there. So. What's the worst one that you could have got? Maybe Ironhard skin is probably yeah, the worst of the randoms. Yeah. I don't know. I just think they're all hilarious. Yeah. Like, there's something fun about all of them. I mean, they might not all be practical, but I'll make them work. Ah, so. Love it. That's 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 the very good attitude to have, I think, when it comes to randoms. How about you, trips, games, hobby, uh, purchases? Uh, well, so no <laughs> games, no games since the the, the great run of Norse. Uh, oh yeah, which was a good couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you had a very uh, good I, run. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been on a bit of a necromander binge. Uh, the old uh, desperately paint up the last box set before you pick up the next next box set. Uh, trick so that's been uh, dry brushing for days and days yeah. and then a few more days after that that box is beautiful yeah so got got the new box got the uh got the 28 page instruction manual that comes with it <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i shall be uh, clipping sprues for an extended period of time and gluing that all together and then uh, working how to uh, paint that again I enjoyed you picking that up at employment and sort of cracking it open for everyone to have a little sniff. It's like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> that nice. new spruce sniff. Yeah, thank you for sharing. <laughs> box, the box is massive. Like, absolutely yeah. crazy. I, I am yeah, super, we're... super. I really love the whole Mad Max vibe they've gone with with Necro, uh, with Necromunda. I think it's pretty compelling. Yeah, it's really cool. And the bug rider guys, <laughs> they're, they're really good. The whole thing has got kind of Mad Max meets. Um, uh, the Boba Fett miniseries uh, vibe about it. <laughs> that was specific. I was wondering what you were going to say for that. I was just yeah. like, I don't know what they remind me of. Like, yeah, uh, Morrowind. <laughs> yeah, the little bug things made me think of um, Half Life. Oh, they are. Yeah. Yes, like yeah. the ant lions. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is that is good. There you go, Necromunda solved. Yeah, they're no. going to be a lot of fun to paint up. I think. I uh. The, yeah, the rule book. They said there's another book coming up for Necromunda, isn't there? Which has got uh, vehicle rules for, or at least vehicle rules for gangs that don't have the new stuff right now, or at least just yeah. a couple of them. And flipping squats. 
and the squats, which I'm super excited about. Uh, they they yeah. do look a bit goofy. Milton did point out a horrible thing. It was you, wasn't it, Milton? Yeah, it was me. The visor's like way low, isn't it? Like it doesn't sit on their yeah. eyes. It <laughs> sits the on their cheeks. On. Yeah. Like... <laughs> and then when yeah, when you draw the eyes and the nose on top of it, it looks pretty freaky. It looks yeah. dark. They look. They all look like they got the head the same shape as Hey Arnold. Yeah, which is it's the kind of comment that when you've seen it, you're like, oh, I can never not see that again. Yeah, now. Can't see it. Yes, Ian did this with the Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Like we were watching it for one of the first times, and he was just giggling to himself. And I was like, Are you all right? And he's like, <laughs> Tiny people in wigs, and and absolutely ruined, absolutely ruined. Um, and yeah, he loves to do that. So so trips, uh, buying plenty of stuff for Necromunda, getting up some painting on there, and some games with Norse. I think that's pretty yeah. good. And then, in the world of purchases and painting, we have basically the captain of it all, Blood Tithe Ben. I was going to say that's a weird part of the give because I've not really done much. Um, yeah, no, I've just been I've been mostly just building. I haven't painted anything. Um, the palette stayed shut, which is going to be nice and mouldy when I open that up. Um, and <laughs> yeah, no, I've just been building a oh, whole bunch of Star Wars Legion. So I, I went in all in this May May the Fourth bundle, um, as my day we're doing. And uh, yeah, I got picked up some rebels. So I've been um, been you, assembling them. Had you, a game with it yesterday. You actually got yours though, didn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's a big thing. Yeah. So they they um they ran out. They they overpromised. I think overpromised under under delivered. The games which... workshopped it. They indomitised it. Like who'd have known that by advertising an offer where you can get like three times as much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Free. Yeah, and and people would jump on that. Um, yeah. yeah, so who knew, huh? Mm. Um, but that'd be fun. I'll paint those. I've been looking into different schemes for that, so I'm probably going to go with the Avon Four because I've seen there's some really nice terrain you can do with that, and it matches the mat I already have. So I think that'd be good fun. Yavin Four is yeah, that cool. the New Hope battle? No, yeah, uh, yeah. Battle of the Avin new... BBY. That was the first Death Star, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the first yes. this episode. Yeah, they, oh. it's, it's the rebel base and like the Aztec planet, the jungle Aztec planet. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because because yeah, that's the end yeah. of episode four. Yeah, because yeah, is. six is the right not Aztec but has bears but still loads of trees. No, oh, I can't remember. Wait, Wait, I need to remember. I've not watched these in ages. <laughs> Yavin four, Yavin four is from New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We're showing up. <laughs> <laughs> young people talking about stuff anyway <laughs> let's talk phantom menace yeah no yeah um <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> yeah oh jar jar what a cad uh, uh no it's wicked what dragged you into that then ben was it literally the deal or was it was it sam garner uh, i've always had my yeah yeah i played it with sam a while back and i've always had my eye on it because i think the system is really fun it's got a really good activation system um and it's it's very like thematic with a lot of the cards you have and you can equip with and it's like if they say a line in the movie they've probably got like a card that has that line on it's oh, like a well-known line that. yeah so it's really cool and um yeah no I, I just really like star wars like i like the battlefront games are like so, like growing up with them was like my favorite thing so that's that's really what got me into star wars was battlefront games oh, so it's kind best. of just like to kind of do that on tabletop it's really fun no, I wholeheartedly approve of that. Uh, the, the only thing that bugs me about them is the chunky bases. They're like five mil high. Yeah, they are really fat. I think it's so you can fit their bespoke proprietary movement widget on them. 
which is a very fantasy flight. Which... Yeah, playing it yesterday, it was like, wow, this is so fantasy flight when you have like a thousand tokens, all different. Um, you've got cards for everything. You've got your widgets, your, to your movement gadgets. However, they do line up the actual measurements, which is nice. Sounds like sounds like Kill Team, but it with, is uh, a bit. it's like Kill Team with yeah. pe with Pez dispensers as models. Um... <laughs> <laughs> very rude. Yeah, I know. It's it's a very cool system, and I love it when you go all in on something because you just go all in on it, and it's very cool. Uh... And I have to fight the urge to get dragged in. Um, but Sam Garner, I know you're listening. This is your fault, and I'm very proud of you. Yeah, this is Sam's fault. This is excellent, especially because of the stack you got and then went and collected somebody else's stack of loot yeah. at the tournament <laughs> and then went and bought yourself some more stuff. Um, I did, yeah. But the uh, the Mandalorians, were that was a very cool little squad. Mm, they did really well in the game as well. They were awesome. Oh, well, as they Are should they be. Rebels? What do you mean yeah. they rebels? They're not Milton. Yeah, the Mandalorians, they fight with the rebels. It's fair enough, though. They do hate the Jedi, don't they? So in that regard, it is a questionable. I don't know. They kind of switch allegiance like throughout the yeah throughout the timeline quite a bit, don't they? Because like they're working for Maul at one point. No, oh, God, I'd love it. Uh, Maul, Maul led Maul led them, yeah, because he he had the old the dark saber. Hey, well, we're going to a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> Deep into lore. <laughs> Not one for now. Uh, so, yeah, I, I won't be picking up um, old brain sheep. Uh, and I think my hobby is going to be based around just playing and painting up these um, these gobos. I think oh, we've got a couple of days before we do the birthday stream, which, which Trips pointed out is actually going to be after this podcast goes live. Uh, so, yes, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. It'll be there where you can watch me and Ben play Sevens. Um, got the Norse team. I should probably put a little bit more colour on it before we use it. Uh, but uh, Rick has dropped off his corn team, so that's that. That's that painted. So that'll be my hobby over the next couple of days, and then yeah, that'll probably be it. So any more from anybody else, or shall we move on to Dungeon Bowl? Let's go on with Dungeon Bowl. Let's roll. Okay, so we're recording this on Monday, which is a little bit earlier than normal, and it is all about the fact we had a great tournament at the weekend. So uh, Saturday, the 7th of May, was Dorset Dungeon Bowl 2022, because I guarantee, unless, you know, something completely out of left field like a global pandemic or something no, it's no tempting <laughs> no, right uh then uh, we'll be running at least one more dungeon event next year uh it was it was ddb it was our dungeon ball tournament we had 40 coaches turn up out of the 44 including trips as, uh, as our spare man coach um turned up and it was an absolutely awesome awesome event so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how the tournament went we've got ian here ian wohanam hanam say hi ian how are you today Hey, yeah, I'm good, thanks. So um, Ian has joined us now to talk about his day there, and we've got Milton, who came across from the Isle of Wight to play as well, and uh, we've got Ben and Ian as the TOs to kind of talk through the whole event. So uh, Blood Tithe Ben as the score master on the day. Uh, how, was the, uh, how was the tournament structured? Oh, Ben, I don't know if uh, it's just me, but I think you may be... Uh... I was on mute. Ah, there we go. There you go. Look at that. Yeah, so we had three rounds um, with two different dungeon layouts. So round one and round three, we're following on one layout. 
round two was on a different layout. So you kind of mix it up a little bit and people got experience in round three. Um, we were running a, kind of a unique score system, um, which we kind of decided would help move games along um, and stop people from kind of pulling out games in kind of a really harsh way, which you kind of can do in Dungeon Bowl if you really want. Um, so we had bonus point, a bonus 10 points if you got a fast win. So if you won within an hour, you get an extra 10 points. So it encouraged people to really kind of go for the ball and, you know, get, get, get it going and get the games going. Um, we also had a bonus 10 points if you had a slow loss, though. So if you are playing a more defensive list and you feel like you, you, it's going a bit downhill, you can kind of grind the offense um, to just, you know, encourage you to just, you know, <laughs> not just give up. So you get a little bit out of that. So, um, yeah, it was it was really good fun. I think it went down pretty successfully. Um, I think it, it definitely encouraged went... those games along. You're, you're right. Yeah, it was... Um, I think it. I think from what we could tell, it was about fifty-fifty for slow wins and fast wins. Like when the results were coming in, um, you had a lot of fast wins. Some of them were really quick, uh, and then and then it was probably about the cutoff was about fifty-fifty. So I think that kind of worked well. It, it, we had forty points to the win. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no. I was gonna say yeah, it was. It was. It was yeah. just about half, um, which was really cool to see. Sorry, you carry on. Yeah, no, I was going to say, so it's 30 points for a win, 10 points for a draw, 0 points for a loss with those bonus 10 points. Uh, 20 points, sorry, for a draw with the bonus 10 points to fast win or slow loss. So, yeah, so it really was all to play for. We also had some bonus points of 3 points for each casualty, yep. up to a maximum of 3, so 9 total. And uh, you also got an extra point for every chest you opened during all three games. So that could really add up because that was like an extra potential 18 points to play for, so... <laughs> could kind of swing it which i think it kind of did in some games there was so. a couple of coaches that were there going absolutely gung-ho for the treasure chest but the thing is with yeah. a normal tournament structure you know actually our point system works really well it's plus three per touchdown plus three per casualty capped at three and then perfect defense well casualties exist in dungeon bowl nothing else does so we needed something else to kind of encourage it and from our dungeon ball games the two things that kind of flagged up was this can stall to a grind and then there's no impetus to win quickly which means it's just just it's just not fulfilling at that point um and the other bit was actually once one once the ball has been found why would you bother opening any other chests so we chucked in that mm -hmm. as well to say actually you know what you can still farm points here and hopefully kind of encourage the rosters to build, you know, actually I want these guys to run off and get the treasure chest while my main force does this to add like another, another strategical element to list building and the way the games panned out. Um, and I, I think it was, I think it was all right for that. I think it worked in that regard. It was great. Yeah, yeah it worked. And, yeah, it worked. And, but, but talking about rosters and, and the buildings of it, obviously uh, Ian and, and Milton played, but Trips also came prepared. So Trips, what was the roster rules for the event? So nice and simple roster rules. So it was a, a 1 million build, and it was basically any team that were in the Blood Bowl rulebook and the Dungeon Bowl colleges. So we deliberately picked the colleges as well as normal teams to encourage um, people to to take a college team uh, but also not uh, make everyone have to run around and buy three boxes of games works drop miniatures <laughs> to uh, make sure they had a team um, it being dungeon bowl um, all obviously all the colleges come with a wizard so they all got their wizard but everyone who bought a normal team got to choose a wizard as well um, but as a bonus uh, college teams got an extra free reroll 
and um, and then there was uh, just this nice simple skills package, no tiering for Dungeon Bowl, so four primary skills, one secondary skill, and no star players. Yeah, no star players. Although, in hindsight, that would have been quite entertaining, but it was literally just to stop Hackflem and uh, Griff yeah. from just running around. <laughs> as entertaining as that might be, uh, it, it seemed a bit, um, it seemed a bit dumb. When you only can score one touchdown, that's like, yeah, pretty harsh. Yeah, we saw some people build their own Hackflem with, uh, with, 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 yeah. like, with a two-headed gutter runner, which is always going to be a massive threat. Uh, but yeah, we captured it a million. Um, what we what we tend to do with our tournaments is make them as similar to kind of league as possible uh, so that you can go and play a few games with a team that you might be tempted to take out in league when it comes to our tournaments events actually it's limited ish skills five six skills and about 100k extra which is where you're likely to be by game kind of five or six of a, of a league team so it kind of ties into that um quite nicely and the same is here like we went with a million because actually in dungeon bowl you start with a million and uh you know we got that extra reroll for dungeon bowl teams because they are used to playing in a dungeon but actually it's to balance out the fact that everybody gets a free wizard and standard teams could choose so they had that extra flexibility whereas the fire college takes the fire dude which is the fire dude always they don't get that flexibility not sure why you wouldn't want to take the fire dude if you're the fire college but you know um it just that it just created some great opportunities to attend a dungeon ball event if you don't have a copy of dungeon ball you don't have a dungeon ball team you don't need to build a dungeon ball team you can just grab your goblin team take a beast's wizard and have a really good time which genuinely yeah, I happened i know i i thought it's such a cool combination I, I, yeah, I, I love that. I thought that was that was a pretty good mix. Uh, we'll talk through the the teams that were there in a minute, but I mean, um, Milton, you've built many dungeon ball teams now, or at least two that we fit actually featured on the channel. So uh, thank you very much for letting us use that. Which team did you run with, and why? So uh, I took my heavens team, and uh, there's a bit of a backstory to them. So what was it? it? Must be about three years ago now. Selling everyone. <laughs> The Blood Tithe organized a hangover bowl for us where we uh, we split a sprue each and made sevens teams out of them. And I got humans and lizards. So I had the basis of a heavens team already um, from that. And they were already painted up. And all I needed was the skinks, which you kindly printed some for me i think they were brute fun yeah right? yeah brute fun skinks they're so, awesome models so yeah i actually got quite a few comments on the day from people you know like saying oh those are really nice they're so dynamic um oh, so yeah no they, they, they're really lovely minis and um put them in made up my heavens team um and yeah i also have a metal team which uh i i love the metal team which is going to be on the game this weekend so if you're a patreon watch out for that saturday morning if you are not it'll be going live sunday morning college of beasts against milton's college of metal run by miltonio banderas himself although not featuring miltonio banderas who does feature in your uh your your heavens team your, yeah, so your prime blitzer that's where miltonio banderas is he is the blitzer <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, the team was called Miltonio Banderas and the Three Wisaurus. They are <laughs> Blockerous, Dodgerous, and Guardrous. Um, I, I did... appropriate skills. They kind of sound like Pokemon. They do. Well, you. they are like green, yellow, and blue, so they look a bit like that. I, okay, I walked past the table at one point, Milton, and you were like, yep, these are my guys. Uh, green for guard, uh, blue for block, uh, yellow for dodge. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yellow for yeehaw. Stuff out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, you know, yellow, yellow because of cowardly. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that works. Um, um, but no, it's cool. What, so, what was in the team? What was in the team? And what did you go with the skills wise? So, my team consisted of the two nobility blitzers, uh, the three saurus, one thrower, and five skinks. The thrower had wall thrower. Um, as I've already said, the, the Saurus had block, guard, and dodge, and <laughs> I took dodge on one of the nobility blitzes. Yeah, you can't be a bit of blodge, especially in Dungeon Ball. Um, no, wicked. Really cool team. Um, and it's just it's great to be able to take an old project and just filter it into, uh, into Dungeon Ball. I, I think that, that was, was the most good. exciting thing for me. Uh, yeah, like I cemented that roster on and then was very surprised about just how many Heavens teams also joined us. Yeah, we'll talk about the meta and our meta expectations in a second. But uh, Mr. Warhanam Hanam decided to join us at an event. First time in the tournament, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a um, brilliant shop. Yeah, I was glad to have lots of time to look around. And, uh, Humble yeah, brags. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or not. So, here, what um, what team did you take and why? Yeah, so um, I took the College of Life. Um, similar sort of thing to Milton in a sense, because I, I'd already had the Halfling team painted up. Um, and I didn't have too much kind of notice because it was kind of a, a bit of a last minute sign up a couple of weeks uh, beforehand. Um, so I just thought, okay, well, I can take these and then uh, look at what's on the roster, build out the rest of the roster. Um, and I kind of ended up really getting into it and um, kind of theming it all around the this kind of idea of um, like, you know, the moot and it's all kind of halflings and trees, basically. So uh, my elves were dryads uh, from Warhammer or Age of Sigma, kind of old school wood elf range. And then the... Uh, Oh, some snotlings as well, um, which those. I've made to kind of little saplings, I call them. They're like little uh, tree people, which is quite fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of limited myself to almost kind of like half the roster. I kind of left out the Nurgle side of it, which, you know, on reflection, I think Nurgle do have a lot to offer. But it did mean I could kind of just really focus on uh, war dancer and uh, war dancers and friends, really. <laughs> This is kind of what it seemed like. <laughs> what did you go with um, skills-wise for the roster? Uh, yeah, so I had, I had two war dancers. Um, one of them had tackle, and one of them had sidestep. Um, sidestep in Dungeon Bowl, I think, actually, is really, really useful. I was going to say tackle is like a primo choice as well, surely. Well, you know, I, I knew Dodgerous was about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> needed something in case we uh, ran up against bus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I, I kind of knew that um, lots of people would be taking blodge and stuff. Um, yeah, so that, they worked out pretty well on the war dancers, those skills. Um, it's kind of one of those where you kind of wish you could put all your skills on your war dancers because there's definitely points where I thought I could have really done a strip ball here, um, which is a kind of classic war dancer skill, isn't it? We did have no stacking at the event, just so, no, yeah, uh, yeah. to stop people um, like Ian. Um such a meta gamer with my two tree men. <laughs> so coming on to my two tree men. Yeah. Uh, the goalies. <laughs> yeah. Looking Solid fine strategy, at... I reckon. Yeah, actually it was I not have a choice. That's... No, it was more, yeah, they were done for the halflings and they fit the theme, so <laughs> uh, I had one with block and one with brawler. 
so block was my double um ultimately they were pretty much wasted skills really because <laughs> the tree men were kind of all about presence and just being there and uh looking pretty uh they did we did have um game two was hilarious actually it came down to the wire it's such a good game oh um, you had people gathered around in that game yeah that yeah was, we had the, uh... the, the tree man holding the line at the end I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can put the the, uh, the montage up over this in the, in the finalized video because there is actually a little video and, and you all the guys are around the table. Oh really? Oh yeah. cool. I'd love but to see just that. just yeah. a quick bit, I think. Um, it was one of those where you know everything that went could go wrong went wrong for both players, and then eventually <laughs> it kind of uh, managed to squeak through. I ended up doing a blitz with a tree man and then trying to get onto the ball and oh, it's just. Uh, it was I, I remember walking past your table and you were there moving your treatment and i was like oh no <laughs> something's gone oh, wrong this has gone horribly <laughs> wrong <laughs> yeah um and then finally i had a, a halfling with diving tackle just now diving fun. tackle is an underrated skill especially on stunties um yeah no it, i think it, it's really good in the normal halfling team where actually you're not too limited by movement five because you can kind of get across the pitch in dungeon bowl it's harder to get where you want to be with a slower piece like a halfling yeah so didn't really come into play but you know maybe it made people think a bit <laughs> yeah like why does this halfling <laughs> like, have a skill like, hang on what does he know that i don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think there was definitely an element of that so yeah so you went with the college of life uh i've got to say i think props for the roster i think Treeman feel a bit subpar but actually there's a really obvious thing to do with them that i i'm pleased nobody i think nobody did which was two trees with guard and two bloaters and literally yeah. just stacking the actual uh, end zone with that and just making it strength six and strength five to get in which which i was a bit worried about and i think um after playing some of our early games especially i think the one with you and me ben with the college of fire i was just like oh man I need some drano for this because this is clogged up uh I, you know i thought the college of life is is with a combination of war dancers and potentially guard trees with bloaters could have been horrific but everyone seemed to want to build proactive and aggressive rosters i thought that was um i think maybe because that fast win maybe like that like yeah well maybe I, helped do you know what we will come to that but i, I think i think that i still think that's positive um i really really do so mm. rosters on the day uh we had uh 40 teams in and uh what do we have uh breakdown wise so meta wise uh milton i think you kind of touched on this earlier what team did you expect to be the most popular well i actually thought that fire and maybe shadows would probably make more of an appearance on the fact that they're in the box that's so that's reasonable like my assumption was people would have gone out because the only way to get the rule book and the pitch is in the box and so i would have assumed people had gone out and bought the box and therefore had those teams and that they would be the most popular to run but yeah a little bit surprised about actually what did turn up and nicely surprised we got quite a variety didn't we Oh, it was a, a real, a real interesting split. Now, bear in mind that we allowed people to use their normal teams because we wanted people to just come and play. Like, don't worry about building a dungeon ball team. Um, you know, if you've only got a Skaven team, you're going to have a great time. Bring it along. Uh, if you've only got Kemri 
stay at home. But um, I mean, when we when we had that in mind trips, I mean, what kind of what what kind of amount of team people do you think would bring a dungeon bowl team instead of like a regular team? I was suspecting it was going to be about half and half. I thought we'd see quite a lot of the starter box set, and I thought we'd see the usual uh, uh, suspects who uh, went through the bits and pieces boxes to to make some teams. Um, <laughs> we'll paint them I, in the morning, I, Joe. Yeah, um, yeah. I do, I don't do not think if we could have guessed for 20, 20 days consecutively, we would not have got the team split and the uh, teams that came along right in anywhere at all. No. Definitely, definitely not. So breakdown wise of teams, uh, we had, uh, well, I'll tell you what, we'll go from the bottom up. We go College of Light 1, Dwarves 1, College of Beasts 1. That was a last minute over the line. Dan Maskell kind of popped his roster in on a Friday night. It was the only college that was not represented at that point. I was thinking, oh, poor beasts. Then boom, Gerga came in. Uh, not running Dark Elves this time, which was I thought was, was, was personal growth. Um, uh, Elven Union 1, Slan two which makes so much sense with the whole leap aspect uh i was chuffed to s i love seeing slam teams around there because i love space frogs um and they should be in there more two colleges of death now out of the 44 coaches that were originally rostered uh dan couldn't make it he was running college of death and trips you as the kind of uh, spare man were also running a college of death so it was kind of for college of death um, and then the most populous team that was not Dungeon Bowl was four. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was not expecting four goblin teams to rock up. Ten uh, percent no. of the field was goblins. I remember saying to uh, Ian, "You wouldn't even expect that at a Blood Bowl tournament." Ah, <laughs> and I didn't expect it either until I actually came up against them and then realised why. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, these secret yeah. weapons are getting sent off. Yeah, it's like, hang on a second, they're and, not going anywhere. And this is why I was so uh, so interested by the dwarf team, which I think was Vindaloo. I'll, I'll do I'll do a check in a second. Um, but Death Roller not being sent off meant, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it was it was it was Vindaloo. It meant you could kind of roll with it, and uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, nice. Uh, kind of snuck that one in there, and uh, and not get sent off. So it's probably the only time you can use a Death Roller and have it be a good choice. Um, <laughs> however, he did then run it with sneaky git and managed to get still got sent off for like the first oh, turn of two, two <laughs> games. I came around to game two and he was like, it's been sent off again. I was like, oh, come on, oh, no. come on. As long as he broke the armor of that, was it plus two? No, it was, was a, it? I think it was a double four. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Oh, um, five College of Shadows and five College of Fires, which Milton, I think, you know, sticks to your point. The, the College of Fire looked like a tank roster and when we were kind of looking and playing our first games and looking at it we're like well this is pretty sweet like you've got ogres for the bashing you've got dwarves for the cancelling of anybody remotely having fun uh, and then you've got like your own little bit of stunty and and then all of a sudden you know thinking about it you've got some cheap frenzy there with the marauders in there too i mean ben your college of fire team um features marauders and no dwarf linemen because there's a lot of flexibility with that roster um, I love that team, by the way. It was it was it was it was very good. Although I've realised I've still got one of your. I've got the trolls there actually in my display cabinet because I used it for a size comparison in a video. And I just kind of looked up and I was like, "Oh, that's from Ben's fire team." Um, you realised I was missing. <laughs> no, I think I didn't have to run it on the. <laughs> no, no, you would have been one dude. Hey, hang on, where's my slayer? Uh, you could have just <laughs> you done, done, done what Rick did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Steal your uh, opponents. I love that. Um, five colleges of metal as well. Now, again, you know, college of metal, the, the college of blockers and blitzers was always going to be a, a solid piece. And then six colleges of life, which I guess war dancers. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a few of the um, the other guys who were taking life. And yeah, at least a couple of them were basically in the boat of we've got a wood elf team already. And, you know, given that you can take the the linos, the throwers and the um, war dancers, that's kind of the core of your team if you want to just go elf plus a bit more. Yeah. Um, and then they just maybe snuck in a Nurgle player or two um, to kind of round it out. So it's quite a friendly roster if you've already got a wood elf team and there is a few of the colleges that are a bit like that aren't they you can basically <laughs> yeah completely base it around one team or another and then just chuck in something for flavor which is really nice actually yeah that's 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 bang on and then um, college of heavens was 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 tip top for the day there with what seven rosters of college of heavens um which i think i wasn't expecting that many heavens although from playing our games the heavens roster is a pretty good one and uh milton i know you and i kind of had a chat about whether you should run metal or heavens um and from doing some play testing you know you decided that heavens was the the you know the good call and actually it's a really potent roster that the skinks are just the superstars yeah i mean you've got plenty of strength in the um in the saurus you've got like good solid ball carriers with the uh the uh, the nobility blitzers and and then the movement with the skinks is just so good that movement eight you can get anywhere so quickly which is such a big thing in the dungeon yeah like and they're the kind of cheap was... right oh so yeah you don't really mind cheap. blowing up yeah. yourself on a chest to try and get um, the ball i guess yeah but you know in a funny way that also worked against itself because in the slower games you lost out on the attrition because they're weak and the more you lose yeah. them, like the less guys you've got in the dungeon and the slippery that's a very slippery slope I found. That's it. If you don't Leroy um, Jenkins it, your reserves are strength two stunties. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I found with my roster actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was desperate when you were bamfing a snotling in. <laughs> yeah, come on, little guy. Let's go through it. Now so, I tell you what, let's let's actually touch on on the first games now um for the guys. So so Milton, do you remember your first game and, and how it went? Yeah, so my first game was against um the College of Metal team. This was uh um, Frodo, I think, wasn't it? Frodo, yes. Yeah. Who come down from London, I believe. And um Yeah, it was it was a great game. It was really well, I thought I was going to lose very quickly. So he got extremely lucky with the fact that the ball was in his first chamber, which was where teleporter one was. And he went on the teleporter and went straight to six, which is next to my end zone in like the first or second turn. And that meant the ball was pretty much like walking distance from scoring within like two turns. And that was really frightening and somehow managed to get the ball off him, get it on the floor. And it basically just wrestled around that area for the rest of the game. So um, it was hard to come back against the metal team. So once the ball was free and we knew where it was and everyone was kind of trying to, 
you know, maneuver their way around that, coming up against that wall of like high armor, high strength players was difficult. And of course, the the Heavens Wizard um, is great against low armor, not so great against high armor. So the Heavens yeah. Wizard yeah. Um, basically has a chain lightning spell. And the first thing you do is you pick a, pick a target square and the player that's in it, you roll an armor check for them. Uh, and then, you know, whether or not that succeeds, it doesn't matter. You then roll uh, 1d6 uh, <laughs> again. And on a three up, um, you chain the lightning to another player within two squares and you just keep doing that you roll another armor check and you then roll another 1d6 and you just keep going and going and going and going of course like that pays off great against like stunties and low armor players i suspect that would have worked really well against college life or like one of the elf teams but coming up against the high armor teams it was wasn't great because yeah. you know you're, you're, you're looking at like nine plus ten plus the odds aren't in your favor there's two, there was two goblins on Frodo's team, and I doubt they would have been in the vanguard. Uh, two had two blitzers, one with tackle, one with dodge. Two bodyguards, both with guard. Uh, two human linemen, three black orc brawlers, um, an orc thrower, and two goblins. Yeah, so um, it was it was a managed to not let the game go. We didn't. He didn't go in for a fast win. I don't think. I think we went into slow territory. It did go on for quite a while once that ball had got yeah. free, yeah. and um, yeah, I kind of, I was kind of hoping to turn it around. I had the ball; it was all going well, and then, yeah, he just made some. He he, he got himself a, a good quick win with his orc thrower of all the pieces to uh oh that is to trash, to trash me with was a proper like step in yeah, the I did think that. <laughs> Um, got him up, blitzed, and did three dodges, I think, three three up dodges with a thrower, and got into the end zone with it. So, uh, but no, well, well played by him. He did play well, and it was a great team, and it was it was a great match. Um, really enjoyed it. Some seriously good stories coming out of this. How about you, Ian? Do you remember your first round? Yeah, it's, um, played a really nice guy called Neil. Um, Not and he Nick. had his goblin goblin team. Yeah, big D's uh, lucky stunts. That was the one, yeah. And he, he, how do I say this? He showed me big D, uh, <laughs> which is a, it was a coach model <laughs> that a that a mate had made from it. it was an orc, uh, kind of with a with a torch thing. It was quite funny. He uh, he had a troll, uh, nine goblins, an ooligan, uh, a pogoer, a fanatic, a loony, a bomber. Oh, and another troll. So two trolls. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Fire Wizard. It was a great fun game. Yeah. Um, managed to kind of war dance at home, thankfully. It was a quick win for the, the College of Life. Um, but no, it was, playing goblins is always a laugh. We had a good um, standoff between my fungus flinger and his bomber, kind of edging toward <laughs> each other in the middle of the, the corridor, only for my fungus flinger to blow himself up when you finally pulled the trigger. <laughs> That legendary guy. He uh, has not had a good record so far. I think really? I'm paying for all the times I've tried to sack yours, Ben. Yeah, right. On the, I, I did bring this up against your round two coach, because uh, yeah. like just, just I put the 
the fungus fling around in the Bowling Championship against you. And and honestly, you fixate on it more than Ben does on Hackflem. Uh, and, uh, you know, at least Hackflem's worth 200k. <laughs> this poor Snotling's worth 20k. And he's like, right, everybody go. He needs to die. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the revenge uh, of yeah. Nuffle. I had quite a funny moment as well, you know, just the random teleporter. He stood his chainsaw next to a teleporter. And of course, when I bought my thrower on, where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I managed to um, kind of just break through quite early and, and leap and dodge through and, and score. So, yeah, no, it was a. Uh, so it always feels a bit of a shame to win too quickly when you're having a good game sort of thing. And particularly when, you know, not all the players are on the pitch yet because it kind of feels like um, fun a little bit short. Um, and it's quite interesting with you were saying about the scoring earlier is that <laughs> I managed to open the, the ball on the first chest. Yeah, you scored 41 um, points, which is so a fast like, win and a chest. So it was literally a quick win and a chest. And then, uh, yeah, didn't manage any casualties or... I didn't actually have the luxury of being able to, you know, slow down and open chests because I was going to get murdered by, uh, you know, bombs and chainsaws and <laughs> fouling and all of that fun that comes with it. But no, it was a good fun game. No, wicked. Um, I mean, I think this is probably a good point to actually talk about the fast wins um, because, I mean, Ben, you, when you and I kind of talked through the rule set and played some games, it was basically the, like, our first couple of games of Dungeon Bowl, especially that first fire one, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was like, we need to find a way to make this more gamey, I think was probably yeah. a best way of saying it. Um, and, you know, we, we thought of actually other Dungeon Bowl events in the olden times had a time limit. But the way they did it was uh, after X minutes, the ball reveals itself, essentially. Um, we thought, well, actually, what what could encourage the what could encourage not the uh, the stall game, like because when you and I talked about it, and we were talking about league specifically with Dungeon Bowl, it's like once the College of Fire has the ball, what? Why would they want to do anything other than just murder for an entire session until they need to like get in a corner, surrounded yeah. by people, and then just kill the team? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and literally at that point, it's just. Um, the Spartans at Thermopylae because yeah. you, they just you just set and your opponents just throwing you themselves at the wall. Uh, they're killing themselves and the fire killing themselves. So we talked about actually, what if we got bonus points for that win, but also gave the defender bonus points if they survived the first hour. So if you know, it kind of gives that that better mix of an outcome. Um, and we'll we'll talk through how it actually went, and then I'd love to get uh, everybody's kind of thoughts on uh oh there we go i've lost my data tab here we go so fast wins um this is slightly inflated so i think it came to about 36 on the day um there was uh, 41 games that finished with 40 points or higher but uh some of those games will be multiple casualties and, and treasure chests and stuff so i think it was about 36 fast wins uh which was some it's like 10 <laughs> i think it was 10 the first round 11 the second round and then the final round absolute people hooned it through um which was they want to get home get those brownie yeah. points <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> do you know what we had a couple of coaches that were like hey guys uh it's still over an hour left to go um 
I don't think I'm going to win anything. Is it all right if I go get gone because I can get home early then and 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 like you say and get some brownie points? So it just you know, um, which I think was like really polite and really nice than to say, but mm. I think you know more than fair enough at that point. Yeah, I, I tried, but it turns out the the host was driving me, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of backfired. Yeah. No, 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 you're clearing. <laughs> you can carry things. Um, so fast wins. Um, we we had an Elven Union coach turn up and got two fast wins this was absolutely wicked this was a real good story of the day uh college of metal got about half fast wins college of shadow a third fast wins everybody else basically got one in three fast wins on the day um with the college of light being the only one who didn't get any fast wins at all but otherwise it, it turned out that about one in three fast games was where everybody landed up i mean milton do you remember how many fast wins you got on the day yeah, just the one. Uh, and how many did you lose? Was it just the the fast one, fast win uh, in the game? Yeah, no, I didn't have. Yeah, I only, I didn't lose to any fast wins. I had two slow losses. Um, and Ian, looks like you got. I had two fast wins and one slow loss. That's not bad. No, nah, that's good. That's uh, against the odds. Actually, did all right. <laughs> 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 no exactly um i mean ben yeah and a new trips what did you what did you think we were what did you expect from the timings wise uh i think i expected i to see some faster wins um i from the games that we're kind of like played and seen i i i, I sort of saw you can get it's really fast i think the fact we didn't have too many super fast teams probably contributed to that. I think if we saw more, uh, maybe lights, males, maybe some of like the, you know, classically fast teams in Blood Bowl, I think that might have been a little bit different. But I think, um, I, I think I was quite surprised how much it kind of went towards the middle and averaged towards, you know, kind of a slower fast win or a faster slow win. Um, I think that was what I found surprising. Yeah, too late for this. Yeah. This is big brain stuff. Here. We we should have probably time stamped the game so that we could have done a uh, yeah, scatter really... map of of, of the, the the entry points. I know it was um... quite consistent because I, I was never when you like tapping the scores in, it, there was never really a moment where they all came at once. So it it was quite steady. There was like so was one in the first out. half hour, and then two up to forty five minutes, and then yeah. three forty five minutes to an hour or something like you know maybe much, a bit yeah. more. And then, um, like, two at the end of the round or something. It probably really would have been a nice bell curve. Yeah, exactly. Actually. I think I can probably get it from the Google history, actually. Um, so Maybe, actually. See how exciting my meetings are tomorrow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Trips, would you, would you say the same? Yeah, I'd say the same. I think the, the time limit for the hour, and everyone was very aware of it, and I think sort of the 50 to 60 minutes point for the first game, those who could win were probably doing the stretch play or desperately trying to do it because it was worth so many extra points. Um, but I think Ian's point is a good one that if you if you had the ball and the chance to win as a fast win, you had no option but to do it because by nature of trying to win fast, you were in a position where slowing down in any way at all was going to take away the opportunity of a win. Yeah, when the reserves start coming in. I actually, it, it turned out it ended and went the complete opposite of where I expected it to go to. And I'm going to bring this back round to Ian and Milton in a second because the way the map system worked, we had the first map 
uh, then we changed maps to second, and then we went back to the first map again for the third. Now, I thought the first round would be the fastest because people would leave leave gaps that they didn't think were gaps, allowing a lot more quick wins in that in that regard. And then I thought, well, people are going to take that. The second map is going to be new, so fair enough, but they're going to go back to the third map, having two dungeon ball games underneath their belt, having seen things, having experienced their teams, and will be able to provide a better defence. Um, what actually happened was uh, the first two rounds were about consistent, and then the third round, people are like, ah, you know what, here's a cunning combo, let's blitz through here and do this, which was actually pretty sweet, and some of the stories that were coming out were so good. Like, I, I can't remember who it was who said this, I think it was Ben, um, wearing the Wild Hunters t-shirt, which I thought was an absolute lad, going <laughs> mad with his uh, with his war dances there as well. Um he was like, yeah, I managed to sneak through. I got the ball carrier and then the College of Shadow used their wizard to teleport the, the assassin over there right next to my ball carrier to go for a quick stab, turned over the ball. And I'm like, dude, that is just a wicked story. But like, there's just so many cool combos that came out of it. But it was, it was not oh, the wizards, the wizards themselves just completely changed and made some of those games. De most so. definitely. Um, yeah. Now, Guys, like Milton, Ian, you, you lived the event, you experienced the event. What was it like going through the process of changing maps, Ian? Like going from the first one to the second and then back again? Uh, as in the physical act of just putting one on top of the other? <laughs> well, well, thanks <laughs> Quite, to, thanks to Trips, we nearly forgot that going into round two. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no. Um, yeah, to be honest, um, I didn't really prepare <laughs> in terms of <laughs> making a plan um i think um yeah I, I had learned from at least one practice game about the kind of um the fact that you can really cut corners um and particularly through those doorways um it's more open than the map suggests so i definitely went into it with that view so i didn't feel like i really got gotcha'd at least that's good um, that's good. We just wanted to add a bit of variability um, without like changing things up too much. I mean, Milton, did you, you know, you've played quite a bit of Dungeon Ball with us already, but you know, when it came to the feel of the tournament, you know, was that a good experience? Do you think having the different maps and then returning to the third one or would one map all day have been fine or would three maps have been better? What do you reckon? I don't know. I think the switch was nice. It totally threw me though. Like I, I felt like the second map played better into the hands of well maybe i'm wrong but I, I feel like it maybe played better into the hands of the higher strength teams because there was a little less way you could kind of maneuver your way around it so it, it's a bit more corridored but having that variety is definitely good in the tournament environment i think being able to mix it up and like change like that was really important um i think if we had the static one run the whole way through it would have left a very different feeling. I think people would have got, like you say, by the time they came around to it in the third round, they would kind of familiarize themselves with it and they might have got there by the second game and then the third game would have been really different. So, no, it was nice to have that that swap out. But yeah, the, second, I... the second one threw me completely because I, like, I just got my head into like game zone and I was like, here we go. Oh, now we're in a different dungeon. Okay, what have I got to do now? <laughs> like I think as well from, from a player point of view just picking up on what milton's saying it's nice to go in um without that kind of like this is how i set up yeah because you know when you play blood bowl 
you've got your standard pitch and you kind of once you've played your team for a bit you kind of know what formations you're going to use against what teams roughly speaking don't you yeah um but in dungeon bowl it's completely different because there's a lot more to consider um so yeah no it was nice not going into game three thinking i've played two games on the same map already um i know what setup works yeah oh definitely and like from the off i was basically like oh what do i do so many options just like i'll run a saurus up there because why not like <laughs> i don't know any better it's no. fine he's got dodge yeah, yeah. he's great he can go anywhere dodge guard stands in the way um now ian you talked about wizards a second ago and mm. and we allowed the regular teams the opportunity to kind of switch up and play with different wizards but what was it about the wizards that added that extra element of what yeah so um i think kind of one of the things which maybe is a, a slight negative in the kind of of the rules themselves and and for someone who's not that familiar with the game obviously once you play you get used to it but every wizard has slightly different <laughs> timings on when it's used so i did just have to kind of keep having to ask and making sure i was you know all over when each wizard could be used um because you know i, I don't want to create any feel bads when you're like oh actually you should have said that in my turn or you know um anything like that or for me to announce or having planned this awesome play and then be told actually no you should have done that before you moved your first guy or you know yeah get blue wizard kind of um so yeah i mean there's a little bit to kind of um just make sure you're really solid on um so there's that but yeah no in terms of the actual effects of the wizard um yeah i think they're relevant in every game i played in the end um so the the life wizard um for anyone who doesn't quite know is um in your opponent's turn at the start of their turn you pick one of their players um and it basically gets boneheaded so it can't um move or activate in their turn and it loses its tackle zone until their next turn so i mean that just pairs up perfectly with um you know fast players like your war dancer if they've got a kind of obvious yeah. goalkeeper you can just be like yep i'm walking past you great <laughs> yeah i think the wizards are the most complex piece of the rules i mean trips and, and ben i mean we'll, we'll talk about rules queries you know in a, in a little bit but i mean was wizards one of the things that you would have said rated highest on the questions no 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 i don't recall any wizard questions I think it was all dealt really well, which was which is really good to hear that Ian said that because I I, I would assume other coaches are doing the same if that's the case because yeah. like there were no queries about just like oh when does this wizard uh, activate? I when think does that it was that? um I think there was lots of queries at the table, but because yeah. it was in the rules, it didn't have to go beyond the table if you know what I mean. Right, that's good. I, I was yeah. toting a rule book around. I, I trip set said it all right up at the beginning. He was like, right, I have bookmarked the wizard's bed. It's on the table. Yeah, same as mine would come up. Yeah, and yeah. I I did kind of. There was quite a few. Like, I want to get the timing of this one right, which makes a lot of sense because that is one of the points of conjecture when it comes to wizards is that this one can be used at the start of your opponent's next left turn, but only on Tuesdays unless it's Wednesday, really. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> sweet, I get that. And then I think you know it, it does add an element of complexity but they all feel pretty decent i mean what do you reckon trips yeah i i think so and then and I, I thought we'd get more rules queries on the wizards i had quite a few in the run-up to the first game i think when people were just checking 
their own wizard and i think most people knew their wizard quite well and it was the it's the classic there are other other wizards i don't know what that wizard does but yeah. my opponent will tell me <laughs> what it does when it does it <laughs> um yoloing i and, like it and most of them are, are a one time use so uh, well, what was really pleased to see was that most people didn't forget the wizard because i know in some of our practice mm. games you yes. got to the end you're like oh yeah i really should have used one. that wizard um, yeah yeah i think that's i think that's that's very 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 fair i mean bt where where the teams like the normal teams were allowed to take wizards what did you expect the most popular auxiliary wizard to be i expected more death i think we saw quite a lot of beasts which we did anticipate um because that one is really good but the, the fact that the death one is just like a injury roll i think that's really tempting to take um, I don't. Did any of the other teams take the Death Wizard? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, then yeah. No, just the Death teams. Just the, just death, the death teams, teams took the Death Wizards. I think maybe the thing with the Death one is it's that was conditional in terms of you've got to be in a tackle zone, haven't you? Yeah, there's a Whereas setup. Quite costume. a lot of the others are quite global. Yeah, just that's true. Player on the pitch. Yeah, kind of okay, it's, it's a great wizard, but it's tailored down slightly by the. You have to be in in a marking player, but you are. There's no after after that. There's no like if, but what role? Yeah. Is so I, I played um I played death in my last game, and he just never got a chance to use it, unfortunately. Right. I mean so. trips, but before before the episode, we were talking about maybe having a bit of a higher or lower episode. Um, fire shadow heavens, which which is the highest out of those? Do you reckon? uh fire probably because it's a simple wizard yeah i think it's the most similar to the wizard people know isn't it yeah well milton it's that, that, actually, that brought up a, a point of uh, a point of question in the day didn't it about the, the fireball wizard mm, yeah because um yeah i think and i think it came back to like the activations thing as to like when they're supposed to be because it's so um, similar to the standard wizard. Um, one of the players flagged up that actually the wizard from Blood Bowl had been FAQ'd, but obviously the Fire College being in Dungeon Bowl land, although it is May now, so there should be an FAQ anytime soon, but I would bet money yeah. that there's not a lot of clarification in that. Uh, mm. It was difficult. But yeah, Fire and Shadow, both eight wizards on the day, uh, and Heavens with, with seven. So that's 15 of the wizards there out of the 40 were basically just first strike capacity and i think the best bit for me was i think it was rick's game one fire versus fire two very lovely looking teams and uh that was probably the first point uh, they were like uh let's just double check the wizards here and um it was like oh yeah this is happening then this is happening i was like oh oh, oh this is mutually assured destruction then because it's at the start of your opponent's turn so i was like oh you know going first is really important you're going second what are you going second for and i was like oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all you go first i nuke you then you go then i go and you nuke me and i was like oh mutually assured destruction but yeah we saw fire wizards going off we saw the, the electrocution things but rick came back and said you know what the fireball was really good for me to save for later even though that alpha strike was there which I was expecting a lot of because that's not a lie guys when we've been doing Dungeon Ball it's been like right before the start of the game let's see who dies uh, mm. you know it's like oh this is the wizard version of Normandy in this regard it was just kind of like who you know who's going to survive to get into the fight um, and 
it was it was cool to see them being used in different way different ways but yeah the fire one i think was the most logical one but shadow did you guys play against any shadow uh wizards no i i just heard the tales <laughs> Uh, so plus three, so three fire wizards were taken by non-fire colleges and three shadows were taken beyond the shadow colleges, which, uh, which I do like because the, the shadow one where you can just redeploy five squares unless you have the ball, huge. And, and I know this from running the, the college of shadows, that's it's so important to you and can give you that opportunity to just appear the other side of those blooming fire ogres and, um, you know, get a chance. Like mega leap yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and then i leap over you uh we will come to the richard saxby leaping dwarf story in a bit uh as well because i think that was uh, that was pretty oh, such, such a tease <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um rules queries trips what what did you have thrown at you on the day uh, so i think leap was the biggest single rules query because uh most we there's just you don't see a lot of leaping in normal blood bowl but uh leaping in the dungeon seems to be a almost every turn uh deal i think every game had oh, multiple leaps in all over the place so yeah lots of now not uh, can not, i leap here not just leaping leap? but also jumping so not yeah. just the cut the players of the leap skill trips is alluding to the fact that if a dude is prone you can jump over them which you don't see happen in blood ball very often at all but when you knock a dude down in a corridor and the only thing to do is to fly over him you've got to take it um so and it's a really good shout and yeah it's it's not a brilliantly worded rule is it i remember coming over i think it might have been to your table in yeah we had a like a really head scratcher Oh, they are uh, round of, the corner one. Round the corner. It was a definite. The logic says this. The rules but the say rule this. Says this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would be surprised if that one get FAQ'd as, as well. Um, Some serious matrix moves going on. Well, it was nicely explained away by a coach saying that on the next table over, just looking me dead in the face, was like parkour. It's just parkour. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, right, immediately there, the American office, parkour. And there's this, yeah, because it's kind of like, can you leap around a corner? Well, you leap to a square adjacent to a square you're adjacent to. And if that kind of goes around a corner, even though there's not necessarily line of sight, it doesn't feel right, which is why the question came up. But then, of course, if you go to the fluffy thing of like, actually, the frogman jumps to the ceiling and then DBZ style bounces back off. And it's like, okay, yeah. All right, I'm fine I, with I this. I think the, the big thing is, would Peter Jackson let Legolas do it in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the criteria. That you... Well, we, we don't have yeah. we don't have Primarchs in uh, in Dungeon Bowl, uh, as in Space Marine Primarchs. But yeah, yeah, could Legolas do it? Yes, then yeah. fair enough. Are you saying we need giant elephants in Dungeon Bowl? Ian? Yeah. All right. They still only count as one <laughs> on your roster. <laughs> <laughs> nicely played uh yeah the, the jump around the corner was a was was definitely a one i mean ben did you have any other like rules queries that kind of came up on the day what was the one that came up we had one that came up constantly i was trying to think what it it's it can't have been that often can you re-roll a teleporter oh, came up that was it. yeah it's the re-rolling yeah. teleporter if you have portal navigator uh, yes if otherwise no no that's that's the, the a question of a desperate man i think that was uh, that <laughs> yeah quite a lot yeah <laughs> 
Please, can I be somewhere else? Yeah. Oh, it's a five again. That's the third gutter runner that's gone into the teleporter. But we did have the spot prices in each round be, uh, yeah, that, you know, some, losing someone to a teleporter. So, Yes, kindly donated by Brute Fun. We had hmm. uh, a whole bunch of Minotaurs, his excellent star player Minotaur. We printed off 12 for the day uh, and we were like, look, first few people each round who goes into a teleporter and does not come back out again of your own volition uh you you win a minotaur for for losing at dungeon ball uh and actually it was pretty cool uh it was great fun to be like you got the spot prize and the shouts came up and the carnage yeah, came yeah. up <laughs> i had was... one in my, my opponent in the second game uh i know third game actually um blocked one of my players into a teleporter chose to follow him in and oh, went yeah. and, <laughs> <laughs> and one of mine at all uh, and one of mine at all so yeah. that was fun steps up the depth of the other side in Mars and he's like hold on a minute okay. <laughs> hang on uh, someone did that with the goblin as well because they got promoted basically the goblin went away and were replaced by a star player minotaur essentially and I was like you've, you've, you've done well here you've done very well here um, now we're going to talk through the, the winners of the day um, very very quickly but on the Dorset Dungeon Ball page of the Bono Podcast website, uh, the coach list, the team list, the rounds, the scores, the final standings are all available up there. Uh, we kept it live throughout the day so the coaches could just log on to the website if they wanted to see who they were playing or what the standings were. And we had them kind of rotating on our television Um who says television on a, on the tv on the desk uh i was wearing my running shoes and using my telephone um on the day and it kept everything kind of nicely nicely lined up uh right you know i think sorry I, when when we mentioned about the um the round three being slower than you expected ben i think the standings actually may have influenced that because people could see how much they needed to or may have needed to mm. get the wins so they may have been grinding the slower games to get more casualties and uh yeah, it's tricky one, and we like were that. talking in the car actually ben on the way home weren't we about um what you'd be better off doing because obviously you've got that 10 point quick win bonus so you have to be you have to really balance up if you are trying to play it i wasn't quite good enough to be playing it i was just like <laughs> i'm gonna score i'm gonna score but um you know can you make up 10 points easily enough through um through casualties and chests yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, I there's don't, a gamble to it isn't there i don't think you could now i've got a question for you guys in a minute on the scoring system and what we think we could do what we could tweak to make it a little bit more competitive potentially next time but uh on the day we had a, a bunch of great coaches here now we've got a mixture of real names and naff names uh ben did a really great job on the morning of asking people how they wanted to be uh, listed on the day because you know actually naff names are a really cool thing and some people have had them for decades now and it's it's yeah, like my naff name is like my kind of um school email address you know it's really yeah. embarrassing so yeah <laughs> uh, um so uh we had first place we had david lyons dalio at 129 points which was that one went that was a really exciting couple of rounds so I mean, dave found himself on the top tables a couple of times and it was just that top table experience of watching those games and going into the last round there was what trips six eight yeah. ten coaches that were within a, a big top, win yeah all the top five tables could win i think something like the top 14 technically could mathematically yeah. win but yeah. realistically the top 10 coaches could win and tables four and five knew that 
like even saying you going into the last round that a fast win alone wasn't going to be enough it had to be a fast violent bunch of draws chest chest (laughs) opening win (laughs) yeah um but i mean i'm really happy with how the scores came out because i remember going into the third round we had james priest and dave lyons who were in that kind of ballpark and james priest finished his game with a quick win and put him into first place and it was all kind of down to table one at that point uh which um was was really really close but but dalio pulled it off so it's was, it was, it was dave lyons with 129 points james priest going 3-0 on the day uh the priest clan are absolutely love them they always come ready to play they nearly didn't come because they they um couldn't they didn't have a copy of dungeon ball so uh they built their own set they sent it into whip wednesday it was so good to see and they crammed some games in and just james knocked it out of the park um tepic came third with 120 points which was a really solid effort uh ben brissenden wild hunters represent absolutely war danced his way into the top there as well finishing 119 points uh, we had grunlock all the way from germany um, ah, yeah, that's cool. uh now you know I, i'll admit he was he was there to on on a kind of holiday and stuff but uh i'm not going to take that away from from him because <laughs> you know going to ireland and then coming over to 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 us to play a, a, a game it's was a, awesome. a feral commute yeah well, he, yeah. said, he said to me the only reason he like even bothered to have a holiday was because of the tournament that's what kicked it off well, so look, Milton, it was kind I, of the reason I, he was there i don't know if his if his partner's listening so i was kind of i was kind of covering for the dude but but yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and, and i think that's i think that's awesome uh we had uh dubious mongoose go 106 frodo with 100 ian warhammer man 97 eighth place ian that's very respectable hey, that's right, yeah um green skill <laughs> green skin phil 96 points jamie mortimer 95 points mr a who put in an absolute champion um effort on the day there with college it was college of fire versus college of fire on table one in the last round and that's a hard yeah that was uh that was a close four one there and drew at 12th with 90 points uh kevin mitchell 89 uh, he had some fun games of the day um Lurpak there 87 was right in it until the last round with elven union uh, i think was maybe third place going into the last round um and he couldn't believe his luck didn't fail a go through it on the day which apparently is his special ability um is to fail go for it all of the time Make him play Norse, see what he does then. Oh, yeah, Norse, Spain, the two on the dice. Uh, We had, I think, uh, our second goblin coach. I love this roster. This is Merc Girl Emma coming in 15th with 84 points. We had Petzl at 81 and Gerger at 80, who brought the only College of Beasts roster and was, again, one of the top, uh, I think top eight going into the final round big mech milt 79 kaijin chicken 79 goblin scorcher 74 didn't scorch enough goblins uh tom man 21st vindaloo 72 points 22nd venerable gamer 63 toxic six uh 24th place with 59 points uh david thompson 58 points daniel ls 57 points master wiggins the uh the the popper priest of the clan uh 55 with slan which i loved there were two people there with slan um and lovely teams rick our friend rick with college of fire 53 points richard saxby who definitely needs to be discussed in the highlights in a second 51 points with sarah jane priest the other priest clan uh there uh, daniel martin had a horrible game too uh absolutely got um 
got dungeon rolled um uh who's uh i think it was our bomb vamba champion um Metin, Somnes, 43 points. Killer Randall with 40 points. Thomas Wilson with 40 points. Andrew Burridge with 39 points. Richard Alderson, 38 points. Joe Solo with 37. Neil Doherty, after suffering at the hands of Ian Wilhelm Hannam, 32 points. Gary, with a legendary roster full of snotlings. The only, I think the only stunty Dungeon Bowl team there took only stunty cup eligible players. Absolute hero of the game. And uh, Simon Thomas was our... uh, participation award winner on the day uh having uh, hopefully a nice time uh down at the bottom in 40th place <laughs> but it was there was at least he had fun at least he got, got a token um, well i think you need to um shout out joe because first game he actually scored zero points yes. he did uh, yes that's quite an achievement uh, has the poor saxby in the final game Oh, did he get zeroed as well? Oh, yeah, he got a very, very fast loss, which was very disappointing. Oh, at the hands of Papa Priest, actually. Yeah. Um, Oh, no, that was Richard Alderson. No, Daniel Martin. Oh, both of them. No, no, that was was Joe Solo. Uh, It was Hands of Greenskin Phil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a couple of uh, a couple of zeros, not too many. No, because I guess most people are at least able to open a chest. Yeah, but uh, I think the top scoring round was Greenskill Phil. Um, Greenskin Phil in uh, round two scored a 50-pointer. Wow. Which was an absolute... Br- I think it was four tre- four chests and, and two casualties. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely yeah. racked up the points there. I mean, the most you could get was uh, 55, right? Uh, six ca- six treasure chests and three casualties, plus a mm-hmm. fast win, fifty five yeah. points. So that was a brute. That was a heck of a swing. Like jumping straight up the leaderboard there, thinking you know, considering the finalist was one hundred twenty nine points, uh, just absolutely, absolutely chonky. But I mean, this is the best point to sort of say, amazing job, everybody. Um, like the teams were great. The 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 thought that went into it was just unnecessary, and I couldn't be happier uh about it and uh who was the second slam oh tom man with the beautifully executed uh tentacle team uh, representing a, uh, tentacles yeah love that <laughs> so got to see it on wednesday being built as well so it was it's so wicked to see the team like rocking up there it was uh it was absolutely superb um so yeah we had uh we had um we had the, the the winners there. We had Dave Lyons take the Everything Cup, and then it was Greenskin Phil with the Stunty Cup, wasn't it? Um, and we had and we had some 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 great other nonsense there with uh, with all the stuff. But that brings me to uh, to the best team award. And uh, while we do have a friend of the show, a multiple awarding painter, Ian Wanham Hannam Hannam here, um, we had forty teams at the event, and I think we had. 30 35 36 best team votes or something like that it was it was nearly everybody uh, we did our best to try and corral everybody but quite frankly given uh h- how many teams got at least one vote trips so it was 18, 18 teams of the 40 teams there got a best team vote which i think is well deserved there were some absolutely wicked teams out there um and i'll put the little montage video up of uh of the best teams uh over this segment just interspersed but um 
Yeah, pepping them to the post, though, was Mr. College of Life here, Ian. Congratulations. Thank you, yeah. Um, oh, I was very chuffed. It's actually uh, form. first first Blood Bowl um, hobby awards I've had, actually, so I was really Is pleased it? with that. I thought you yeah. had one. Yeah. Oh, okay. It does help when you go to Blood Bowl tournaments. It's, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely a recommended strategy. You can put it on top of the pile of all your Age of Sigma <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you go home and look at like the two months it took to paint loads of blue orcs, and then the uh, two weeks it took to paint 12 um life dudes and go well you know what blood bowls much better much better game team has already done (laughs) (laughs) no even i was uh... really chuffed and no honestly yeah the the quality of um hobby there was amazing i mean you've kind of the great thing about blood bowl and dungeon bowl in particular i think is that there's so many directions you can take it you know there's people that put a lot of effort into kind of really theming their team for um, for the college, if they went for a college, uh, and then there was just some crack and paint jobs as well, which you know, using existing kits and you know, no particular customization, but tied together with a really nice paint job. So, um, yeah, I think Hobby was a real winner there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, people always tend to pull out uh, a lot of stops for our tournaments, and I think this is this is like one of the the better um, college years for it. I think is probably a fair way to say. So we're going to kind of bring this segment to a bit of a close now. But before we move on, we just kind of wanted to have a little bit of a quick, quick brainstorm about actually what what do we think went really well and what do we think could we, we can we can focus on better for next time. And I'd I'd like to start with the scoring because I'd really love to get everyone's opinion on this and spend some time on the day talking to people about the timings and the scoring. And I feel like both of those are going to come up here. Um, but um, I think the fast wins, the slow wins. Actually, I think I think that went as achieved. What do you guys reckon on that? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. In fact, the scoring overall was really good. I think primarily for the fact that it made everything so close. Like you just said, you know, you could get a maximum of fifty-five points, which meant that even if you were sort of in the middle of the table, there was still a good chance of you shooting right up if you had a good game. Um, so it gave you an incentive to keep trying, even if you sort of like lost your first round. Yeah, you still got a, a ton of opportunity. Now, one tweak that I think might be worth doing for the next time uh, would be to take the treasure chest points and make them two points instead of one to encourage a bit more of that grind. And I, this, uh, Ian, you know, on the drive home, we were talking about, you know, the difference between a fast win and taking your time to farm those points. Um, and I wonder, I wonder how much difference that would have made. Uh, would it have made your, would it have made your gameplay different? Uh, me personally, no. Um, I think I would have. I think the problem with the chest one is because it's, well, like anything in Blood Bowl, it's based on something completely random. If if you flip <laughs> the right ones at the right time, um, I think maybe would have further because obviously the quick win bonus um allows the team that wins quick not to have to be penalized in a sense because they didn't get loads of casualties and loads of chests yeah um so i wonder if you went too heavy on the chests whether it would actually it a bit. would bring it back to winning quick as being a disadvantage again but 
I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I think I, I agree with that. I, I, saw, I, I, I saw the goal line. I was like, I'm not mucking around here. <laughs> I think when you have a potential like 12 extra points to play for, so it would make it what uh, 20 points you could get a bonus if you maxed out casualties. And no, that's not right, is it? 21 points. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, so I think that would just be a bit too much. Like Ian said, I, I think it's good to encourage the quicker the quicker wins. I think one point is enough when you have six of them on offer. Yeah, I mean the the whole point of it, like like Ben, you, you and I said, was was to make sure that that grind was not not necessarily discouraged, but to kind of bring that gameplay to the forty five to an hour and a half mark, where actually you want to make sure that you're trying as fast as you can to win, but you also want to make sure you're trying to stop your opponent from scoring that fast win, so that it encourages that kind of middle ground. Um, yeah. And and I think for the most most part it, it did that, but I guess this brings me to my second bullet point, which was the timings. Now this was a really interesting one because um, we had two hours per round, um, and lots of games finished about the hour mark, right? About half the games finished with an hour, and the rest kind of petered off, um, which which was an interesting one because. I mean, trips. From your point of view, would you rather, um, would you rather lose for two hours or one hour? I guess is the, is the, is the way of thinking about that. Well, I think we, I think we had one draw in three rounds of twenty games, and that that game. Did we have any draw? Yeah, there was a draw. One. Oh, there was. Yeah, there was. and they could have. They potentially were two, three turns away from an end, but the the way they were rolling dice, they were potentially two two hours away from <laughs> an end. Um, and there were, I think, both the first two rounds, two, two games finished in like the last five minutes or the last turn in, into overtime. Um, I think you could trim trim the timing a bit. I don't think it would make much difference to the overall outcome because I think there is a point you pass in Dungeon Bowl where you, you are at the sort of it's going to be the last man standing will score the touchdown yeah so potentially a little bit of uh, a little bit of a time shave there I mean Milton you, there was a bit of a bit of downtime for some people and I think you you know I don't think you had to experience too much of it but uh what was the what was the vibe what was the feel of the room about those people who finished quite quickly was it was it positive was it negative was it fine i think like generally speaking everyone was quite happy with with the way that the, the games panned out because there were still other games going on so everyone just moved over to spectate um and you know the environment employment such a great like shop where you can go downstairs and you can you know browse all the the miniatures and go for a bit of a shop or get perhaps something to eat and whatnot that like it didn't really take away from you know their their experience by finishing early and having that much time kind of yeah like hanging around i do wonder like how many people sort of finished around the one and a half hour mark um i think 145 is probably the right point um just to sweet spot yeah, just to speed it up a little bit and yeah, have, have those I... rounds at every two hours instead of every two hours 15 because we had a two-hour round with 15-minute bleed between rounds to make sure that there was that time for us to reset the tables and stuff. I think we could probably push it up. Do I think personally I'd go I'd go a bit harder. I'd probably do 45-minute fast, hour and a half max. And because um, we, like we had one draw and anything that goes to that is you basically mm. get a super slow win. 
Yeah. So, or super, sorry, super slow loss. Yeah. You get like 20 points, yeah. essentially. So that, it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, it, 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 it's still pretty good and doesn't, it, it lets you grind it out if you want a little bit. And it doesn't really punish everyone else playing. Yeah. And then you could probably squeeze in four games. Well, that was the other big question. And I got the cool thing about the rounds being a little bit longer and having a bit of that downtime is we got a chat with almost everybody that was there and sort of, hey, how are you finding it? I had a great, great chat with Mr. Ray and and some of the crew and about like, right, what what do you think? Hour and a half, four games, what are you thinking? And I tell you what, the the vibe I got was completely mixed. Was like, yeah, you could have four rounds, but it might be stressful. You could take it down to an hour and a half, but it might feel rushed. Like, it depends on what the vibe is. You could use this time and add more rules in like to make it a bit more complicated or something like that so really it's it's we've got a huge like a huge opportunity to flex it a little bit but if this was the fail case i think it was pretty good and i think i think it was it was pretty successful as the you know the first kind of our first attempt at, at making a competitive dungeon bowl event you know where we had it laid out as as fairly as possible for people you know we we, we gave the tokens to the players so that actually all the treasure chests were replaced with poker chips so they were you could shuffle them they were hidden you know and they had a trap or a ball token underneath uh, which was magnetized so that they could just split it up and and the maps were laid out with the treasure chests and the teleporters split so that everybody's playing on the same map at the same time and that it's symmetrical so there's no competitive advantage like i, I thought that worked really well um I mean, was there, is there anything else, Ben, or, or trips you would want to change up from a, a TO point of view going into the into next round, next time? Honestly, no. Except the full game thing, I think that would that would be it. I I think four games also might be quite interesting because where you have one point scoring things with the chest, um, and like three hard. points for casualties. Yeah, it really does start to like that. Really does kind of matter when the win bonuses start to sort of meet in the middle. Um, yeah, I think that would be really interesting because I think that's the bit I found most interesting from the score perspective was seeing just like, well, how many chests does that person need to open to clinch a win? Um, it did come really down fun. to that, which was really good to see. Absolutely did. I was happy with that. Um, right, last call, guys. Highlights, trips. Was there anything you saw that was a great story or a great team or something you thought that was just awesome? So I'll, I'll I'll leave the uh, Saxby story for someone else because uh, I got to enjoy uh, uh, Rick from Wobble desperately fighting for a draw at the end of the first round. Oh yeah, uh, he was uh, massively pulling back players uh, defensively, and it was like uh, rush after rush after rush. Um, and this was after he just killed his own ogre, trying to bring that back into play, and he managed to get for, like four or five players back to defend a corridor that had no one in. Um, he, f- of course, failed the last one to get like the two solid lines and his opponent then dodged through it and scored in in what was an outstanding finish. And I think both of them were just relieved to have uh, finished at that point because they they were uh, it was head scratching last uh, last couple of turns. That's College but of Fire versus College of Fire there. Rick against Goblin Scorcher. Goblin Scorcher, really lovely team. Uh, really fancy custom base as well. Really, really, really well executed. BT, any particular highlights for you on the day? Uh, actually, it was a highlight. It wasn't so much of a game, but um, it did make me laugh. So we had Gronlock from Germany who came, and when I asked him for his nap name, he was 
he told me Gronlock, and I was like, oh, so you're you're bringing like the Dungeon Lord name to Dungeon Bowl because <laughs> I just think that's like the coolest name I've ever heard. And he won his first game, and then he got matched up against Mert Emma, who I put on there. Her name on the team sheet is Slayer of Gronlock. <laughs> and it was like like three minutes in she sort of comes back and with a defeated face and hands me the list of oh. like the name crossed out being just like like not quite <laughs> and yeah it was like a super fast win and it was just really sad <laughs> but oh. I, I did remember that made me laugh was it round three where gronlock was matched up against frodo and you were just like, I think it was. these yeah. are epic names uh yeah oh that, <laughs> that, that game frodo. was so tight as well yeah, yeah, that was thirty-five twenty. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, pretty close. Mister Warhammer, highlight for the day for you? Yeah, actually, I think for me, um, kind of where the where the rounds were quite long, and and I did not to you know humble brag it, but I did manage to uh, get a couple of quick wins. It was actually just really nice and a great atmosphere to go around watching a few other games, um, and you know everyone was so kind of accommodating to you know like oh do you mind if i just sit and watch for a bit and you know everyone was fine and there was no kind of sense of ever, anyone under pressure because in dungeon bowl just you're just waiting for the next wild thing to happen and everyone to cheer really aren't you um <laughs> so it was it just felt like a really great kind of social event really great social tournament and everyone was really in the spirit of it and yeah uh, it was just it was just brilliant you you bang on the 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 like getting around the tables and watching the games was brilliant and i think round two was probably the best one for that um we had because it kind of filtered down to like three or four games everyone had kind of gone off grab a bite or some people playing sevens which was wicked to see as well just like hey let's have a pickup game I yeah, that was nice, yeah i managed I to get a game yeah game right. in as well. and some some people just played a couple of friendly like uh kevin i think got uh, a fast win in in the first round it was like let's rack them up again it was great to see loads of people being like hey let's just let's play another game because we've got the time which was really really sweet to see but round two we had your table going on in and there was like six or seven people there's some hollering and shouting and i think <laughs> it must have been the uh, andrew burridge and neil doherty game over on ta table 16 that that made that finished at a draw there was a ton of yeah. players around that as well yeah so good and, and there was actual cheering yeah. it's not often you, you're like this cheering in a great way it was really it was great to hear it. just awesome to look over and see like there's these huddles of people and like i've been there like uh i've, I've when i was at sandball a couple of like my games ran long because we were up on the top tables people were gathering around and watching there was one where i was not against dark elves in round three and it was so close it came down to the wire and everyone was there it was just really cool it's just such a cool environment um to see that stuff so it was it was wicked it was chilled i mean milton anything for you that particularly you thought was amazing yeah definitely my second game is probably the funniest game of Blood Bowl I've ever played. Um, so I was up against Sarah and her College of Fire team. And it got to a point where we were just in one room. There was about, I don't know, like 10, 10 players all in one room. And I went for the block, knocked the ball out of uh, one of her dwarf's hands. And it bounced around the room must have been about 18 times <laughs> i've never rolled so many scatter dice it was hilarious it didn't want to end it like kept going on everyone was in everyone's tackle zones i think like everyone was rolling on a six up to try and get the ball 
Um, it was hitting the wall and then it was just bouncing back onto players and it just kept, we just, we didn't think it was going to end. It just kept going round and round and round. Eventually it fell out of the door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so funny. It was a really great game. And yeah, props to her. She pulled that back and, uh, and beat me. She did really well in the, in the last, last like sort of five minutes of that game. Her plays were fantastic. So, uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that one. That's wicked. Uh, I did a little bit of score diving. You actually scored the third highest points uh, with 48 in your round three game, uh, Milt. Um, oh, really? Yeah, uh, there was the 50 points, but also Venerable Gamer got 51 points in round three as well, which was an absolute chunk of a score, mm. uh, racking that up. Um, so that's cool. Now, I, there are just too many highlights. It was awesome to see everybody, to see the mats out in use, to see the tokens, to have a chat with everybody at the event. Like it was just, it was such a good day, but I would be absolutely remiss if I wasn't to mention that, that match between uh, Mr. Ray and, and Richard Saxby, which must have, was it round one or round two? Um, round one, I think. Oh, it was round two. Yeah, it was round two. Yeah. And uh, just coming over and getting to see it because uh, Mr. Ray just basically dwarf runner with the ball they knocked a dude over and it was just a jump into the end zone right over a player but he just leroy jenkins did and rolled without even doing the maths first it was just like right let's go for it leap into the end zone rolled a dice it was a five and he just kind of looked up and he was like did it work and they had to call me over and they're like right jump in what's the maths here and i was like yeah five plus and he was like oh my god i won like absolutely epic moment of a flying dwarf <laughs> Um, just going in there and I caught up with, with Mr. Ray and he was like, you know, my, my entire strategy today was just to YOLO it as quickly as, but he didn't say YOLO. I don't want to defame his character. That seems unfair. Um, but you know, it was like, you know, I just hoon it through the dungeon as quickly as possible. Uh, just, it sounds like an awesome way to play. And like Rich was like, I got robbed, but I mean, you can't, you can't defend against a five plus flying dwarf. And uh, we all kind of looked at each other and were like James from our local Wobble League, who had an Edge 4 Leaping Dwarf in the olden times, who then died, I think, as a... I think yeah, from, it was I the think first it was... game after he got Leap, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was, like a, to be. that was an epic finish. But it was just awesome to see all the teams, to see all the coaches. Um, and it was really great that we managed to fit 40 people in enjoyment and there was space for a little bit more. So if we get to run an event um, there again, then actually I think we did the mass trips and we could maybe fit like 56 or something in. Yeah, I think think so. And, and we've got to give a shout out to enjoyment who were mm-hmm. magnificent. I think uh, the, the atmosphere was great. The table layout worked really well. Everyone could get round and talk and it was nice to see people gathering and yeah, they uh, kept running up food and uh, drink for everyone as they ordered them as well. So I love that about uh, enjoyment. You've got the little QR code. You just scan it, and then next thing you know, Carl's just kind of bursting into the room, screaming numbers and words like panini at people. That's just awesome. Enjoyment <laughs> uh, is just an unnecessarily good shop. I, I, it's just awesome. The crew are brilliant. The items are great. Their online stuff is really good. Uh, so if you are thinking about ordering something that's Games Workshop related or just flipping anything because they've got so much stock, then go yeah, with them. Impressed with the range. It's crazy. It's dangerous, right? It's first first time there, and yeah, it's like the oh, shop of dreams. You walk stuff. in, and they've got some nice display cabinets, and then you walk in, and there's just rows upon rows of everything. There's Kings of War. There's Battle Tech. There's Moonstone. They've like all kinds of historical stuff. There's like 
20 square feet of board games stacked high and then you go upstairs and there's room for like 50 war gamers and the art we didn't even use the rpg room in the end because we were going to set up on the friday night but it, it was in use and we couldn't have, didn't have the time but you know if we wanted to use that for the future as well i mean milton you and i have filmed a couple of box openings in there um, yeah we did yeah it's wicked it's a great store and trips that's a very 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 first shout a huge thank you to those guys and a huge thank you to ian and ben who uh ran the event beautifully um that's probably the most relaxed i think a tournament i've ever been to or you know been a part of so agree, yeah. smashing job guys and uh everybody who came thank you ever so much for playing now guys we were going to go and talk about dungeon bowl but we've talked about dungeon bowl for an hour and a half so i think it's probably best for everybody's sanity if we uh, if we just wrap up the show um and uh, and go uh, about our our lives and and consider the next tournament which for everybody out there is in july and it is july the 9th and it's going to be at the bic and triple pow and bloodside ben and i believe milton is going to be helping out yeah yeah fantastic it's a standard 11s event with i think is a a slightly more powerful build than beachhead i think there's basically mm -hmm. one extra skill kicking around per team same kind of team limits so just a bit more of a power boost you can still take giants which i like uh and you know you've got the new norse I team expect. kicking around i hope we're going to see some giants there uh, i think 30 something tickets have already sold um uh, but they are available on the old uh entoyment website so do book up now and uh because it's going to be an absolutely brilliant event it's just a one dayer but what a one dayer so ian milton trips bt thank you very much guys for joining us tonight and, and talking to blood bowl and for playing what i think is probably the best dungeon bowl event um that i have ever been to which is a low bar because it is one of one i could i could definitely i could absolutely label it as the best dungeon bowl event that uh we and have the run. worst dungeon bowl event i've ever been to <laughs> thanks ben oh, you uh, had to go uh, there you had on to that uh, very british <laughs> bombshell we will bid you adieu thanks very much for watching guys we'll be back soon with more global content happy blocking thanks very much for watching we really appreciate your support if you want to help support the channel even further please like and subscribe or come join us on our patreon we have early access to content we get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can or you can get yourself some bonehead podcast merch on our spreadshirt site so if you want to support a team especially for the bonehead championship you can pick up a shirt a mug things like that it all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it anyway links below thank you very much Happy blocking.